This is Matt Connickson. I'm a sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Whitney Pittman in studio. We'll get an update from Randy Conan as well. He's on the road, Austin, Texas, for Potato Expo. At this hour, there is light snow in northwest Minnesota in a line from Detroit Lakes to north of Thief River Falls. Radar also indicating light snow in portions of Nebraska, southeastern South Dakota, southern Minnesota, and northern Iowa. Today is going to be the warmest day we'll see in a bit. Much colder conditions are forecast for the end of this week and continuing through the beginning of next week. Wind chills of 20 to 40 below zero are expected Saturday through Monday. The Minnesota Department of Transportation will begin winter load increases on Thursday. Vehicles are allowed to carry up to 10% of the standard maximum load on unrestricted highways. Potato Expo kicked off this morning with the announcement about the Potato Foundation. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Randy Conan updating us from Austin, Texas. We're visiting with uh, Greg Halverson. Greg is the chairman of the uh, Potato Foundation, Pea Leaf. Uh, Greg, let's talk about Pea Leaf and the foundation, and you got some exciting things coming. You bet. Yeah, thanks, Randy. Um, first of all, Pea Leaf is a, is a kind of a crazy acronym stands for Potato Leadership Education and Advancement Foundation. In other words, it's a, it's a foundation that's dedicated toward uh, potato leadership in the potato industry, and uh, our, our mission is to kind of help, uh, help that along. Yep. And you do classes year by year, right? Right. Uh, classes. This, is this, uh, this one coming up was, I think, the 23rd or 24th, something like that class. So it's been going on for a long time. However, we've kind of amped it up just a little bit with a kind of a, I won't call it a graduate level, but another level of, of education. And uh, it's uh, something that we've been talking about this morning and it's just being kind of announced this today. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal as far as we're concerned, uh, as far as uh, extending the leadership ability of, of, our, of our potato industry. And basically what, it, what we're talking about is, a, is a, we, we call it, uh, for the, you know, leadership in the field from battlefield to potato field. And the reason for that is because it's going to be held at, at Gettysburg. So uh, there's lots of history at Gettysburg and there's lots of lessons to be learned about leadership on that battlefield. And that's, the, that's actually the site of where the, where the education is going to be taking place. So it's, it's a pretty exciting thing. How does somebody take part in like this? Well, uh, you'll have to, uh, it's being announced today. Uh, there's going to be a, a, uh, on, the, on the web, of course. Um, It'll be there. There'll be applications uh, available at at the expo here in Austin, Texas, and then it'll be you know online as well. So I, I just go to the uh, uh, National Potato Council uh, website, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a uh, there's an application there you can download and just kind of go from there. Is, it, is class size limited? Yes, it's limited. They can only handle so many. So it'll be. Um, There'll be competition, I think, to get those spots in the in the class, but it's going to be wonderful. And and I, um, you know, hopefully we can make it an annual affair. And uh, I think it's an it's an unbelievable leadership experience. And uh, those that that get into it and 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 will be a part of it, I, I know will go home with a lot of uh, uh, leadership thoughts in their brains. Greg Halverson, Potato Leaf Foundation Chair here at Potato Expo. A report from Potato Expo brought to you by Syngenta the National Potato Council, AMVAC, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Gowan, and Bayer. From Potato Expo in Austin, Texas, I'm Randy Conan for the Red River Farm Network. 
The Brazilian Ag Statistics Agency, CONAB, is estimating Brazil's soybean production at 155.2 million metric tons. That's down from last month's 160 million ton estimate. Corn production is forecast at 117.6 million metric tons, down over a million tons from the December estimate. Brazilian ag consultant Corey Melby describes this as a very conservative report and expects a bigger adjustment in February. Total Farm Marketing Market Analyst John Heinberg says traders are watching the soybean product markets in addition to South American weather. A couple of key things for soybeans, though, besides those Brazil numbers. Keeping an eye on what's going on with the product. Soybean meal's been under pressure, but soybean oil had a positive day yesterday. Softer so far to start the day today, but that could be something that helps give this market a little bit of boost as that soybean oil market is strongly oversold. And for the rest of the week? You know, obviously what's going to be happening in the weather front and then how the market just prepares itself for the WASDE report, grain stocks report, wheat acres report that's coming out on Friday. You know, this market's leaning pretty heavy to the short side right now, so it wouldn't surprise me we see some lift. Any numbers that could come in line or be just a little bit, uh, you know, friendly according to expectations could see some pretty good money flow. So that's just going to be the focus of the week is how we're waiting and seeing what those numbers come out on Friday. Despite all of the transportation problems worldwide, the United States saw a 9% year-over-year increase in imports of containerized goods in 2023. The increase is surprising with a drought reduced the movement of the Panama container ships through the Panama Canal. Food Market News is reporting major East Coast ports had a 45% increase in the share of container business last year. Market share of major West Coast ports dropped 40%. Proposed legislation could change the way feed ingredients are regulated in the United States. American Feed Industry Association Vice President of Public Policy and Education, Leah Wilkinson, says the Innovative Feed Act would update current FDA practices. And what that will do would give FDA some clear authority to regulate feed ingredients that provide impacts to the environment, to human food safety, for animal production, and then for products that want to make claims about improving the microbiome of the animal that we see on some human food products. So this would give FDA the authority to regulate them for safety and effectiveness. Right now, we are limited in that ability and they are regulated as animal drugs, which our industry feels is not appropriate since they are feed ingredients. Wilkinson said the American Feed Industry Association hopes to garner more support for the legislation in the year ahead. The USDA and the U.S. Trade Representative's Office are accepting applications for positions on federal ag trade advisory committees. Allison Thomas with the Foreign Ag Services has more. The Agricultural Policy Advisory Committee. Then we have six Agricultural Technical Advisory Committees. Members are also afforded opportunity one to two times a year to come to Washington. The Secretary and the Ambassador meet with them and they hear firsthand from them on administration priorities and specific rate goals and objectives. And members are afforded the opportunity to formalize strategy and recommendations on what they want the administration to focus on. The application deadline is January 31st. Details on the advisory committees and the application process are available on the Foreign Egg Service website. 
An insect called the soybean tentiform leaf miner was first detected feeding on soybeans in the United States in 2021. University of Minnesota Extension is reporting this pest has been found now in 51 counties in Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. This tiny moth is normally seen along field edges close to tree lines. The larvae feed inside soybean leaves, forming mines that are initially seen on the lower surface of the leaf and eventually on the upper surface. The leaf miner was initially found in that Twin Cities area and moved into portions of south-central Minnesota and southeastern South Dakota in 2022. Last year, it was evident in much of western Minnesota and the southern Red River Valley. University of Minnesota soil scientist Dan Kaiser says there is a shift in fertilizer use in Minnesota. Preliminary data shows producers may want to consider inhibitors that could cause some loss. We're seeing shifts, particularly in Minnesota, in areas of the state of more retailers shifting towards urea-based systems versus anhydrous-based systems. So one of the studies I've had with sugar beet has been looking at fall and spring urea um, in some different sources or different inhibitors to try to see uh, is there a better option and you know if we are seeing some losses where it's coming from because many if you look on the retailer side you'll see some emphasis still towards nitrification inhibitors like instinct with urea and relying on that I'm not so sure just based on some of the information we have that there may be some loss occurring before it gets to that point. Kaiser says it will be important to continue looking at new data in years with more moisture. Based on the data from this year, we're seeing fall or spring seeing similar results that slightly higher yields with some of the urease inhibitors actually versus the nitrification inhibitors. So it's something that I'm looking at following up on. Um, you know, certainly though with the dry conditions we've had, that's really changed a lot of things because we don't have as much of a loss potential in some of the areas. So. I think it's just something to think about. And one thing I stress to a lot of growers, if you're really looking at buying some of these um, or nitrogen product or inhibitor, just know what you're buying and, and just know exactly what you're targeting because I think that's really critical because you can spend a lot of money on something that may not necessarily be valuable for what you're trying to do. Michigan State University Extension potato and sugar beet scientist Jamie Wilbur says using heat may be helpful in managing Cercospora leaf spot. We know that the fungus can overwinter in leaf residue and the survival is reduced if we can incorporate that residue, but we don't have as much deep tillage in Michigan as a common practice. So we thought of a different approach that capitalizes on the temperature sensitivity of this fungus. Cercospora tends to be sensitive to temperatures over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And so we uh, were able to work with a fabrication company to uh, make a tractor-mounted propane-fueled flame burner to pass over sugar beets uh, at the end of season just prior to defoliation. Wilbur says the study has shown a proof of concept. We're able to track um, the effects on the fungus and the overwintering survival and the next season disease pressure and we saw um, that these heat treatments essentially promoted leaf degradation um, comparable to a plow or a tillage um, control and we're able to reduce the inoculum pressure that next year's sugar beet fields would be experiencing and um, the following season disease pressure as well. 
CHS is reporting first quarter net income of $523 million. That's down from record first quarter earnings of nearly $793 million one year ago. Continued strong soybean meal and soybean oil demand drove strong gains in the ag business. The gains in oilseed processing were offset by poor export demand. The refined fuels business enjoyed favorable returns due to strong global energy demands. CHS is the nation's largest farm co-op. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Questions surrounding the use of liquid manure from dairies has been the focus of a research project for the University of Minnesota Extension. Nutrient management specialist Melissa Wilson wanted to see if using the manure impacted sugar beet sugar quality. Can we apply the liquid portions to a sugar beet rotation? The idea is that sometimes manure is the gift that keeps on giving, so if it's giving nitrogen too late into the season, that will affect the sugar quality of the sugar beet. So our idea was, should we put manure on in front of sugar beet in the rotation? Should it be on in front of corn? Should it be on in front of soybean? Where in the rotation should we put this manure? So that's what we did. We applied manure one year at either a high rate, which is about 15,000 gallons per acre, or a low rate, which is about 10,000 gallons per acre. And then we planted either sugar beet or corn or soybean after applying these different manure rates. And manure seems to be a viable option. For pretty much all the crops, we did not see a statistical difference between fertilizer-only plots or where manure had been in the rotation. And that's really actually kind of exciting for the sugar beet because we thought that sugar beet quality would actually, like the sugar quality itself, would actually decline because of the manure. And we just didn't see that over the, all three years that we did this. So that's really cool. Um, but we are restarting the study hopefully here to do a second year of manure application after that first three-year rotation to kind of see what does repeated manure application look like. Is it still giving and does it give too much if you keep doing it? Checking markets, Minneapolis wheat March, a penny higher, 7.06 and a half. Chicago wheat March, a half cent higher. And hard red winter wheat March, down three and three quarters. Corn's mixed, March, a half cent higher, priced at uh, 4.59 and three quarters. July down three quarters. We're down a dime for March soybeans, 12.38 and a half. Canola futures, March, 6.22.30 Canadian, down three bucks. Live cattle futures February down 17, 170, 60. Feeder cattle January 62 higher, 224.40. Lean hogs February 15 cents higher, 72.02. The Dow right now 78 points higher. Small grain update meetings continuing through the week. Tomorrow they'll be at Hallock starting at 8.30 and in Roseau, 3.30 in the afternoon. Have a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.